Hello, my name is Reverend Casey Carbone, and you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church at Mayopac. We are currently worshiping on Sundays at 10 a.m., both on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We hope that this message provides you with a source of encouragement and allows you to grow more deeply in your faith as we all continue to seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So let us hear a reading now from the Gospel according to Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I remember going to camp, not as a kid, but as an adult working there. And on the rainy days, on those days when you couldn't really do much outside, we would often sit in the dining hall playing games or putting puzzles together. You could almost say that doing these kind of activities on a rainy day, such as puzzles is almost a national pastime. But I have to admit that I don't like puzzles. (laughs) I know that there's a strategy for putting the pieces together. You could get real into it. But that doesn't change the fact that puzzles aren't my cup of coffee, you might say. But on this second Sunday of Advent, I find myself thinking about puzzles, or in particular, puzzle pieces. As we ask our question this morning, what is peace? I guess it comes down to context. And I guess when we ask the question of what peace looks like in your life, where you're coming from, matters. And I guess that's the thing about puzzle pieces, is that one piece alone doesn't really tell you much. You have to find a way to put them together to make a much larger picture. They only show one small part. The same is true, I think, for how we understand peace. Not not the puzzle piece, but peace, as in P-E-A-C-E. 
Much of how we understand peace is contextualized. Your understanding of peace and wholeness of healing might not be the same as someone else's understanding of peace. But that shouldn't come as a surprise. It shouldn't come as a surprise because we all know that none of us have lived the same life story. None of us have lived through the same moments in time that have shaped us to be the person who we are today. I guess that's why I find it all the more interesting than when news commentators or critics or even pastors talk about returning to a time of peace now that events such as the election have passed. What are these social commentators talking about when they say we need to return to a time of peace? Because certainly their expectation of peace cannot be the story of everyone. Their expectation for peace cannot certainly apply to everyone who lives here in Mayopac or Putnam County or New York State or the United States or even countries around the world. So what are they talking about? What are they really trying to imply when they say we can now return or should return to a time of peace? If we were honest with ourselves, if we took a moment to step back, look around, go on a walk, a hike, a bike ride, I think we would find that in these moments of observation, of exploration, of self-reflection, that there are many for whom peace is a far-off abstract idea. And some of them may be your neighbor. Some of them may be your friend. Some of them may be your family members. Some of them may even be your fellow churchgoers. If peace is maintaining the status quo, then peace will never be a reality for a great number of people. And as people of faith, this is where we must differentiate peace from comfort or a sense of ease. Because in a biblical sense, we hear and we know that peace isn't what makes us feel good. It's not about doing the things that are easy, the things that make us feel good about ourselves. The type of peace that God desires for our lives is not centered on us as individuals and what we want, but is focused on what is needed to bring about restoration and wholeness to the larger community. If all we've ever known is peace, or a life that wasn't filled with conflict because of who we are in regards to our identity, it may be hard to see how our understanding of peace doesn't apply to everyone. But for those who lived on the margins and continue to live on the margins, they find that peace only comes in fragmented bits and pieces 
that arrive only as a result of the countless women and men who worked to change the culture of their communities. Yes, the work they did was initially destructive to those in the mainstream, but as time went on, we would hope and we would pray that the people living in those communities would see how much they had lost by not extending their vision of peace to be more inclusive, to be more fair, and to be more just in the first place. A voice. A voice is always shouting out from the wilderness, telling us that we need to see beyond. Perhaps that's why people gathered at the Jordan River. Perhaps that's why people want to go see John the Baptist and hear the message he had to share. Though I have to say, and maybe you can answer that question, I think I would be a little hesitant if I went down to the Jordan River to see a man wearing fur and a leather belt baptizing people in a river, eating nothing but locusts and honey. I would be pretty, I don't know, put off is the right word. I would be hesitant, though. Maybe you would be as well. But there was something to John's message, something about his message of salvation, of wholeness, of healing to anyone who would listen. You didn't have to belong to the priestly class. You didn't have to be wealthy. You didn't have to be powerful. All you had to do was listen and believe and to act on your belief. And as John went on baptizing and preaching the word of God, he set the stage for an even bigger revolution that would come in the form of Christ and his earthly ministry. As we hear in the reading this morning, as John the Baptist baptized with water, Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit, gathering people from all around, gathering the people who live in our community, our town, who were weary, who needed rest, who needed a place to lay their head. I suppose I find that's why I find myself thinking about puzzle pieces on this second Sunday of Advent. For our piece is just one small piece of the much larger picture that Christ envisions for all of us. So how will you and I contribute to the Advent peace that we celebrate this day? In what ways will we listen to the voices that are continuing to cry out in the wilderness? And how will we prepare the way of reconciliation in the places that need healing? Because as we know, there are still broods of vipers, as John would say. There are still King Herods out there. There are still Pontius Pilots out there who need confronting. Don't hold me to it, but maybe I'll find time this winter to find a puzzle and learn to enjoy doing it. 
After all, much of what we do in life takes practice. Our everyday skills, our faith, and even our hobbies require practice. Yet regardless of whether or not you are assembling a puzzle, I pray that you, I pray that you and I will learn how we might add our piece, our piece of peace, to God's larger plan for us that is open to everyone, especially now, especially now in this time and place where we know that the holidays are already hard for a number of people, but it's going to be harder now. So friends, how will you and I contribute our peace this year? How will you and I add our peace to bring about the peace that's needed by all of us? So may we go, may we listen to the voice and voices in the wilderness that cry out. May we open our hearts and minds to include those who have been pushed to the margins in our traditional ways of understanding peace. And as we do all that, perhaps when this crazy year of 2020 and this crazy pandemic is over, we can sit down at one table together and do a puzzle. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.